0: My biggest takeaway from Saturday's season opener was that Texas A&M might have the best wide receivers in the SEC. You are Locked On Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I think the biggest takeaway... From Texas A&M's game Saturday against New Mexico, it was a fun one. I hope everybody enjoyed the game. Hope everybody had a great time. Everybody that went watched from home. Hope you all had a great weekend, holiday weekend, and enjoyed the ball game. My biggest takeaway was this wide receiver room might be the best wide receiver room in the SEC. Definitely top five in the country. Definitely top two or three in the SEC. Um, I mean, you know, I think we knew what we had in Anaya Smith and and, and Moose. We feel pretty confident in what we had in Evan Stewart. But Noah Thomas, I think it's funny. This is this is the comparison. At fantasy football, I have a draft coming up in an hour. So, I mean, that's where my mind's at right now. It's fantasy football. And, you know, what Noah Thomas reminds me of, the preseason hype. Does anybody remember the Gabe Davis preseason hype last year for the Buffalo Bills? That's what it was for Noah Thomas. It's what it felt like. What it felt like. Everybody was hyping up Noah Thomas, and I was on. I was in. I was on board with it. I I backed it. I agreed, you know. But I was a little bit, a little bit hesitant because I was like, you have so many good receivers. Is he really going to get all that much work? Um, but he was, you know, my like sleeper candidate of the year. And I'll tell you, he was awesome. Noah Thomas was great. Of course, he had. Let me pull up his numbers. He was. Six catches, 74 yards, and three touchdowns. We'll run through all the stats from the ball game at the the end of the show today. Evan Stewart was eight for 115 and two. Moose had a couple catches in the touchdown. Anaya Smith had a few catches, including a big one. Jody Walker looked good. I mean, this wide receiver room is so deep. It's so deep, and it has so many players. That's why I talked about, like, Evan Stewart. Is he going to be able to be a – is he going to be able to be – a um a thousand yard receiver, an all SEC type player. And I was a little hesitant to kind of say that simply because I you know my my thought was like, you have so many good players. How is he going to you know, be able to d- be that good? How is he going to be able to crack a thousand yards? That's the way I looked at it. Evan Stewart got the good start he needed to get to 1,000 yards. If you want to be in 1,000-yard receiver, you have to be over 100 in all three of the non-conference games against the not-so-great teams. You know, you want to be at 350, 400 yards between those games, so all you need is um, 600 in those last eight games or, or the last nine games. So the way I look at this, I think Evan Stewart and, and Noah Thomas, I mean, I I just I think that one-two punch, I, I mean, you saw the three touchdowns from Noah Thomas. He's going to be a red zone target, but he's not just a red zone target. I'm going to be – that's that's where my head's at. I'm going to be frank with you all. I thought that Noah Thomas was going to be more of a, of a red zone target. I thought – I know that he has the skills to be a possession receiver, You know, an every down guy, but I just – with that frame, I really thought we were going to see him be more of a possession receiver. I mean, of a, of a red zone target rather than a possession receiver. But he showed that he can really do it all. Now, of course, he had six catches. Three of them were touchdowns. But at the end of the day, Noah Thomas is going to help this football team and catch a lot of passes. Is he going to crack 1,000 yards? No, I don't think so. But is he going to crack 10 touchdowns? (laughs) When you start the season with three, I think it's going to be hard not to. Um, So that's my biggest takeaway was how good this wide receiver room is. I mean, they looked absolutely incredible. We're going to talk about Connor Wigman takeaways from what he did in segment two, but that was my biggest, the biggest thing I left this ballgame with was how good this Texas a and wide receiver room is. I think, I think it got the fair preseason hype it deserved, but I think it's going to slowly increase to where this is a top three room in the country when we're, you know, getting ready for bowl season. That's how good this room is, and they proved it against New Mexico. Now, Miami is going to be a great chance to prove it against a really good football team, of course. So I'm really interested to see how this wide receiver room does against Miami. I thought Miami looked pretty good against Miami of Ohio. We'll run through that stat line and segment three as well, talk about what we saw there, players who stood out there. Um, But that was my number one takeaway, most exciting takeaway. There were some positive takeaways, and there were some negative takeaways. That was obviously one of the positive ones you know um I, I think I, I on yesterday's bonus episode i think I wish I would have I, I talked about how, how elite the offense was I think I should you know I should have said more the passing game was elite the run game I, I I was I was a little bit underwhelmed with it I think it's one of those things where and I think it had I think it had to do with blocking more so than the running backs. I think the running backs, you know, they, they were sparks. They looked good at times. They, they obviously there's some stuff to work on in the running back room, but um, I think the offensive line has to block better for these, for these running backs. You know, I mean, I think the offensive line, if I had to give it a grade, I would give it a B wasn't an A, but it wasn't a C or a D or an F, you know, I I mean, I, I think you could argue it was like a C plus. I mean, you know, it's beside the point, but, um, that that is a good question. Let me know in the comments what grade you would give the offensive line from their performance against New Mexico on Saturday. But you know, I, I was a little, like I said, underwhelmed with the run game. You have to have it, and for Coach Petrino's offense to work, for the for this team to flow, for you to have the balance you need to succeed, you have to have a run game. Now the Aggies still ran for over 100 yards, and i, I you know, I mean, it's not like it was like. You know, it wasn't like they ran for 82 yards and on on 21 or 30 carries. Like, it was okay. It could be better. And I wish it would have been better against New Mexico. That is definitely a concern for me because it's like, well, what's it going to look like against a really good football team? Uh, you know, Miami, who I thought looked good on Saturday. Or um, did they play on Saturday? I don't remember when they – I don't think – um, or um, Alabama, LSU. You know, I mean, there's a lot in that. There's a lot that concerns me there because it's like if you can't run the ball that all that effectively against New Mexico, how can you do it against Miami? Now, I will tell you this. I'm not too concerned about it. You're going to have a little bit of a rotating door at the offensive line right now while starters are still kind of figured out. You're still going to you know, – we're still going to see um, – we're still going to have to wait and see what things are going to look like for this offensive line. We obviously know with stuff with Fothery and stuff um, with Foster coming back, and now we've got some left guard drama. There's lots going on at the offensive line position. I'm not concerned about it, but I just think I think this week kind of you you got the rust off for those guys. Like I mean, Bryce Foster he hadn't played in forever because of his injury. Um, I think you had to kind of get the rust off, and I think you kind of have to figure out the rotation of this room. Who are your guys? Who are your starters? I think that's kind of what needs to happen. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm concerned about the offensive line. I'm not, but they do need to get a better push for these running backs because that's what's going to create the balance. I'm a big believer that it doesn't matter how good your passing attack is, how good your, your aerial attack is if you don't have the balance of running the football, you know, teams can sell out kind of like if, if you're a great running team, but you can't pass it all that well, sell out to the run. I mean, you can sell out to the pass and, you know, drop some people. So I think you need to see this running attack. At least be respectable. I've I've talked about this a lot during the talking season, during the offseason. I said a lot, you know, you're not always going to be great at everything. You're not always going to be, you know, even the best teams in college football have things they struggle, they struggle with. It's not always going to be easy. You know, you're not always going to have these things. Um, where you're perfect in every aspect of of a football game. You're not. So if Texas A&M has a top 10 passing attack in college football, but their rushing attack, you know, I mean, it's fine. It's just not great. I can live with that. I can't. Obviously, we would love for the entire offense to be great. Wigman and the receivers and the tight ends, everything to be great. You know, we'd love that. But at the end of the day, that's just not how things work. Teams can't be great at everything. They have to have their struggles. So I would like to see the running attack, the rushing attack be better against Miami. So thank, thanks to, to y'all who pointed that out. I, it was a great point, you know. Um, and I said that a little bit on Sunday's bonus episode, but I think, you know, I, I should have been a little more harsh on the running on the rushing attack. I'm not concerned about it. I, I'm not going to say I'm concerned about it yet, but I will say it's definitely something I'm going to monitor as the Aggies prepare to head to Florida to take on the Miami Hurricanes. So those were my two big, big takeaways, but there are a lot more. Connor Wigman was really impressive. I'm going to talk about my thoughts on his performance and how he played coming up right here unlocked on, on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. The brews are great tasting and award winning and beat out full strength beers in global competitions. They sent us a six pack of their brews of their non-alcoholic beer. I mean, it is great stuff. I was really excited to try it and see what it was, see what it tasted like. I had never had a non-alcoholic beer. I was curious and it was really good. Um, So I highly recommend going, going and checking out Athletic Brewing Company. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Exclusions and conditions apply. I highly recommend going to check out Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you will not regret it. Connor Wigman looked really good against New Mexico. I mean, he looked really, really good. I mean, I talked about how I was the conductor of the Connor Wigman hype train. And I, you know, it's I'm happy. I'm happy that I self-proclaimed that title because wow, he looked good. The stat line, let me read out his stats. Like I said, we'll go through stats, but I mean the players I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on. Um uh Wiggs was 18 for 23 for 236 and five touchdowns. Um I call Connor Wigman wigs now. Like I noticed that I was watching the game and, you know, he threw that first touchdown Noah Thomas. I'm like, let's go Wiggs. And I was like, I don't know if that's a nickname of his. I don't know if I made that up, um, but I like it. So I'm going to stick with that every once in a while when I'm happy with him When we're happy with, with, with Connor Wigman, it's wigs. Um, but, you know, I think what stood out to me was that he's a young quarterback still. That is the biggest thing us Aggie fans need to remember is that he is a young guy. He's a young quarterback. So, I was a little skeptical going into this game. I was a little concerned, you know, what is he going to do? What is he going to, how is he going to play? You know, obviously we saw him in a handful of games last season, had a great game against LSU, real game manager type role, got, got a big win over the Tigers. But, you know, my, my head, I was like, I know what he can be, but what will Connor Wigman be in this ballgame? And, he was above and beyond all of my expectations the numbers were great great completion percentage five touchdowns used his legs i mean that was there was the one play it was one of the first offensive plays of the game where you know there was nothing there and he just took off made people miss i mean he looked like prime adrian peterson out there running the football and i'm like that's our quarterback and he's not even really a dual threat guy um i i'll tell you this i think connor wigman's ability to run the football is going to be really helpful for this Aggie football team and and this coaching staff I mean having a quarterback that you you know you have the old reliable you can call a quarterback draw you can call a you know an option play where he can pull it out of the running back's chest it 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 makes a play caller's life a lot easier and I'll tell you this there's always the one play where the quarterback who you and I I wouldn't list Connor Wigman as non-mobile but I wouldn't list him as a normal dual threat guy like a Justin Fields or you know like like quarterbacks like that who like to use their legs um but Connor Wigman he is there's going to be a play this year where he puts the ball in Ruben Owens chest in Amari Daniels chest pulls it and takes off tries to get to the outside and has a massive run in a big time moment you know I think that play is really effective my dad's a big my dad loves that my dad loves when you have a quarterback who's athletic enough to run the football and you pull and he pulls the ball from the running back and takes it for a big game it's for a big game. That's like his favorite play in football. Um, and I think you're going to see that out of out of Connor Wigman at some point this year. And it's going to lead to something. It's going to lead to some big time numbers. It's going to really help this team. So I am excited that he, he you know, the ability to use his legs is was what we anticipated. I talked about it being something like I kind of foresaw, you know, seeing, but I didn't expect, you know, that that play. The way he just took off and used his legs was really impressive. But he just looked calm and cool and collected in the pocket. Now, was he perfect? No. Are there things he can, can improve on? Of course. You can say that for every player. You can say that for Evan Stewart. You can say it for Noah Thomas. I mean, everybody's always got something to get better at, something to improve on. But I thought, all in all, I was just thoroughly impressed, was very impressed with what Connor Wigman did. He is still a young quarterback. He's still a young guy, and he was able to make plays, make the right play, make the right decision more times than not. Um, still, no interceptions. And, you know, I think that for me, uh, that was exciting because it was just like I was worried that he was going to make a mistake or he was going to, you know, th- the decision making was going to be questionable. It really wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. I think that he did everything I expected him to do. And I, I think for a younger quarterback, being calm and cool and collected in the pocket is a really big deal. And Connor Wigman proved that in this ballgame. I mean, he truly was just cool in the pocket. He looks—he he doesn't look like he's ever pressing. I mean, he looks like he's just chill and calm and you know, doing handling and stuff the right way. I was really impressed with, with his pocket presence. And I mean, he just looks like he's having fun out there. Um, I was really happy with the Aggie starting quarterback, and I think he did a lot to impress me this game against against New Mexico. Connor Wigman's a good quarterback, and I really think if he keeps putting up stat lines like this, especially if he could get those yards up over the 300 mark. Now, of course, he got um, Max Johnson got in the game. He, if it was a game where you know you needed them longer, you'd keep him in there longer. But he, you got to get over the 300 mark. If you get over the 300 mark. I think Connor Wigman could be in the Heisman race, you know, six, seven games into the season if he keeps putting up these numbers. So I'm really excited about Connor Wigman, and I'm really proud of what he did on the football field against New Mexico. Josh DeBerry, wow, wow. I mean, what what? I was not expecting that from him. I I think you could argue that if you had to pick the five players of the game, I'd have to think about who the fifth would be, but it'd be – It'd be Wigs. It would be um, Evan Stewart, Noah Thomas, and then Josh DeBerry. And I think you could argue that he's right in there in the mix with them. He had a sack and a pick in this game. He, I mean, he just looked great. I was, I was expecting him, him to to be good. You know, I was expecting him to be good. He, he's played a lot of football. He knows what he's doing. But I was not expecting what we saw out of him. I mean, he was the all star of the defense. So you know, that is where. The transfer portal, people always talk about, well, Texas A&M lost everybody in the 2022 class. While that isn't true, one thing I can tell you is this. Even if you do lose players and you bring in somebody in the portal, like a Josh DeBerry, look what he does for you. I mean, I mean, what he was able to do in this game was really impressive. I mean, this defense as a whole, you know, there were some things to work on. There were some things to clean up. I thought Texas A&M was better against the run. Um, they only allowed... New Mexico, 2.8 yards a carry, but still there are things to improve on. And Josh DeBerry really got me excited for this Texas A&M defense. Now the defense as a whole, like I said, I think they stopped the run. Um, it, it wasn't like if if ten was I felt great about it, and zero was oh goodness we're in trouble. I'd say it was like a six, maybe a seven, to where you know a lot better than last year. Clearly a lot better than last year. A lot to you know, and that makes that makes you feel better as a Texas A&M fan. Obviously, we know how rough it was trying to stop the run last year, but I think that was a big takeaway for me. Was Texas A&M was able to stop the um, stop the run somewhat well in this game. Obviously, there were a few plays that weren't great and a few things that didn't go all that well, but at the end of the day, they did enough to hold New Mexico to not all that great of a stat line on the on in the offensive box score. Um, so I'm happy with this defense. I am I am happy with this defense. I think they have a lot to clean up, though, before the upcoming Miami game. I mean, we've discussed how important of a game this is against Miami. You could argue it's a make-or-break game for for the season. I mean, if you want to have a big year, if you want to – compete for the sec West. I think this is a game Now, obviously that doesn't affect the West standings, but I, st- I think, I think it's a game that you have to win. It's a tone setter. You got to go win this football game. I think if you want to take down a Bama, if you want to take down an LSU, this is a good step in the right direction. If you beat Miami so the, everybody's got some stuff to clean up, but all in all, I was happy with those performances. The last two things I was happy with was first the feed the studs mentality that coach Petrino talked about. I think they did that. They got the ball to their guys. They fed the studs. They fed Noah Thomas. They fed Evan Stewart. I think you could have gotten the ball to a nice Smith a little bit more just because, I mean, if you get the football in his hands, he's going to do good stuff like he did on a big punt return. But at the end of the day, you won the football game. You did all you needed to do. And I think somebody commented this on the bonus episode on Sunday, which was a great point. You didn't show everything. You didn't show – Uh, Miami, everything you got in the the bag. You saved some stuff for the Miami Hurricanes, which is great. You don't want to unleash the whole bag of tricks against New Mexico. You want to save some of that stuff for the much better opponent in Miami. Texas A&M did that, and I was very happy to see that. The last takeaway for me was, and this is a a negative one, nine penalties for 88 yards. Penalties will kill you. You cannot have a whole bunch of penalties. I mean, you know, it happens. Stuff happens. I get it, but you have got to cut down on the penalties Four or five, I, I feel better about it. So that is the first, and that's easy to clean up. That's the first thing I want to see cleaned up against Miami, five or less penalties. It's like I, I talked about when we were talking about Texas a and baseball, and I was saying less walks, less walks, less walks when the Aggies were making a little bit of a postseason run. That is what I want to see against um, Miami, less penalties. Cut it down from nine to five, then cut it down from five to three. You know, obviously, there's going to be penalties. It's a football game, but I want to see that number cut down significantly against Miami this upcoming game. Let's run through the stats for the Aggies and the stats for the Miami Hurricanes and talk about what's important, what matters, and what we need to be ready for in their upcoming game. Coming up right here on Locked On Aggies. But first, I want to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads, player props, and more. So visit fanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I love FanDuel, easy to use. I use it for all my betting. Highly recommend it. If you don't use FanDuel, start using FanDuel. It is the best service for betting on sports. Let's run through some of these statistics. You know, there were a lot of numbers to run through, and I just want to take a look at this to kind of get a feel, and we're going to run through Miami's statistics as well. Obviously, Wigman was 18 for 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 23, five touchdowns, 236 yards. Mari Daniels, seven for 51. Le'Veon Moss, six for 26 and a touchdown. Ruben Owens seven for twenty five. I was a little bit, you know, sad about that. I was hoping for a breakout performance from Ruben Owens, but I mean, he, he had a fourteen yard carry. I, I think he's going to be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in no way concerned about him or what he's going to do this season. Um, Connor Wigman toted the ball three times for twenty two yards. David Bailey, the transfer, ran it four times for twenty yards. Uh, Evan Stewart eight for 15, 115 and fifteen and two touchdowns. Noah Thomas, six for 74 and three touchdowns. Aniah Smith, three for 40. Jod A. Walker, three for 31 with a long of 14. Moose had three catches for 12 yards and a touchdown. And then Amari Daniels was one for uh, five on the ground, uh, one reception for five yards. So, you know, looking at these stats, the one thing that does stand out a tight end didn't have a reception we'll talk about a little bit that a little bit this week is that kind of fallout of the Donovan green injury is that you're just trying not to show what you got with your tight ends before Miami. You know, there's a balance. We'll, we'll discuss that more this week. Um, but I was, I was a little surprised there to not see Theo or Jake or, um, Jaden Platt get a reception. So that was interesting to me. Um, now, the yeah, Aggies only completed 24 passes as a whole. So, you know, it wasn't like, you know, they completed 32 passes and there wasn't one of the tight end. But still, it was definitely something I noticed. Um, And then on the defense, the one, I mean, just all I want to run through for Josh DeBerry 10 tackles, seven solo tackles, a sack, one and a half tackles for loss, a pass deflection, and of course, the interception. He just all around looked great. He looked really, really good. I think he's got a chance to be one of the best um, DBs on this football team. So I was very happy with the performance for Josh DeBerry. Looked good. Transfer paid off. Transfer portal paying off for your football team. I love to see that for Coach Fisher and this Texas A&M football team. Now, looking a little bit at the Miami stat line, um, Van Dyke was 7 for 22 for 201 yards, a touchdown in the pick. I saw the interception. I, I'm. It wasn't a great – throw you know i mean it was it it is what it is but um so tyler van i mean a qbr i i don't know how much you know i know the college qbr is a little different than the nfl but 55.9 so how do we feel about that i don't know um and then the backup came in was three for three for 42 yards running the hurricanes ran the ball and they ran it well they're uh, nine for 90, 9 for 76, 9 for 47, 8 for 38. So you had four guys get eight plus carries. So um, and then so 250 yards on the ground, three touchdowns on the ground for the Hurricanes. That's an impressive stat line there. You had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different receivers. Um, obviously some could be tensed, but eight different pass catchers catch a pass against Miami of Ohio. Oh, I think that's funny. We did find out who the real Miami of Ohio is. I mean, who the real Miami is and it's the hurricanes. That was a funny, if you didn't see that the Miami of Ohio quarterback was like, who's the real Miami. And it was like, it's us here in whatever city in Ohio. And then obviously I'm sure that was bulletin board material for the hurricanes as they blew the doors off of Miami of Ohio. But beside the point, um, receiving four for 79 the touchdown five for 68 six for 56 one for 18 one for 14 one for five one for three one for zero so obviously these top guys were we're the main guys four for 79 five for 68 and six for 56 so uh colby young xavier restrepo and jacoby george are the three guys we will focus on this week as we prepare for this football game um so miami can run the football And the Aggies, of course, that's going to be the biggest question mark. That is the biggest takeaway looking at these stats for me. Can the Aggies stop the Miami rushing attack? That's going to be the biggest question mark. We will have uh, Locked On Hurricanes host Alex Dono on to discuss and to break down what's going on against Miami. We'll have lots of different coverage as the Aggies get ready to take on Miami. It's going to be a fun game. Can't wait to see how it plays out. We'll break it down fully this week. Big win for the Aggies against New Mexico. On Saturday, start the season 1-0. and Big one coming up against Miami this upcoming Saturday. This has been Locked on Aggies. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Hope everybody has a great holiday weekend. Enjoyed the football game. Enjoyed a great weekend slate of football. And hope everybody, you know, I know everybody's not excited to get back to work, but, you know, hope everybody enjoyed their holiday weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you tomorrow.